Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pitched two movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious this week. In the red corner, we're off to the capital of grunge, Seattle, as we dip into the lives and loves of some beautiful 20-somethings as they try and navigate romance and relationships from 1992. It's Cameron Crowe's Singles. Well, in the blue corner, we're off to the Lone Star State, specifically Houston, as we dip into the lives and loves of some beautiful 20-somethings as they try and navigate romance and relationships from 1994. It's Ben Stiller's Reality Bites. Love is a game. You distinguish yourself by not calling her. Four days he needs to call me. Easy to start. It's a very nice hat you're wearing, and I don't mean that in an Eddie Haskell kind of way. Hard to finish. Linda, Bye, Steve. I left my blue T-shirt at. If you can't find love, you settle for sex. I'm on the bed right now, wearing something really outrageous. I think you got the wrong number, lady, but I'll be right. Hello, you've reached the winter of our discontent. I'm uh, making this documentary about my friends it's really about people who are trying to find their own identity without having any real role models or heroes or anything it seems like your friends would be perfect for that i truly believe that if we can get two women on the supreme court we can get at least one on you sam i lost my job why did you get a job at burgerama so it's a will they won't they war this week but which film is better let's find out together welcome to clash of the titles Hello, Clash Potters. I live my life like a French movie. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris. He's Chris. Cool. Great. (laughs) Uh, Welcome, then, to part one of Singles versus Reality Bites. If you are new to the show, this is how it works. We're going to do Singles today in Reality Bites on Thursday, at which point we will declare which is the better film. Would you like to open your beers? Sure. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, no worries. I bought you all beer. Is, is this because it's Friday? We're doing this on a Friday afternoon, which yeah, is a bit weird. We don't normally do that. So I've got three reasons. Okay. First of all, yeah. correct. It's a Friday afternoon. We don't normally record on a Friday. It yeah. feels justified. Yes. Sorry, just one second. That's great. Mm. I needed to do it. Right. Sure. Sure. Carry on. That was a lovely sound. Yeah. Lovely sound. It's just, it's gone a bit frothy. But... Uh, the second reason yeah. is that I feel like these are beer movies. Mm. Sure, I, I agree like with you, yeah. Movies. Hangout films. Mm. Yeah. Just chatting the shit, shooting the shit have you, got a, have you got a joint in the bag? No. Oh, there were two kids on the tube just now with a joint. I was oh. like, God bless you children. I've what? actually stopped smoking as well. Have you? Good for you. Nearly two weeks. Are you vaping? I, or am, you just... I try to hold off on the vapes and just do patches, but They're no. They're so addictive. They're great. They're really good. Mine's pink lemonade flavour. Oh my God, <laughs> Welcome to the party. And the third reason is that I went to see ABBA Voyage uh, last night (laughs) and drank my body weight in Prosecco with my mother. Uh, Lloyd, I need the hair of the dog that bit me. Oh, no. Mm. I've 
fact, everyone I know that's been to see Abba Voice has taken their mum. Mm. <laughs> it's just like a mum thing to do. It is absolutely brilliant. I've heard it's okay. incredible. I'm in. I really want to go. I'm down for it. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Absolutely. Would you go again? Yeah. I, well, maybe we should 100%. do it then. Yeah. Let's yeah. Do team, out, team outing. Yeah. The only thing is, and you'll appreciate this because you talk about this a lot on go the on. show, Uncanny Valley. Um, yeah. At a distance, yeah. they, it looks like Abba, young Abba are on stage. Yeah. Yeah. When they do the close-ups on the screens, like close-ups, it's, this is the weird thing. After yeah. they finish a song, you're like, woo! And then you're like, <laughs> what are we what? doing? Oh, we're applauding a computer. <laughs> Some tech guy that's, at the back. Yeah, that's how they want it, the computers. It's so weird. Bow down. You're like, who are we cheering to? <laughs> but yeah, on the screens, when you see them close up, it's the dead eyes. Yeah. But apart from that, I mean, even with that, it's still phenomenal. Okay, right? I'm thrilled for I'm you. In. Uh, right then. Let's get back to today. So, the clue Chris gave on last week's show was? I think I just shouted out slacker, mm. and then you added it about slacking in love, something like that. Slacking off in a relationship. Yeah. Which I, is a bit weak, I but... I really feel... We're letting the clues down at the moment. Well, I had a I good clue, like but that. it was too easy, and then it just... I had I was having too much fun with my third clue. Yeah. And you followed it up on Twitter with... Uh, both these films feature fictional bands. Mm, yeah. Yes. So, uh, your guesses were lounging about on our I'd, Twitter. I had a third clue. Oh, go on. Oh, sorry, you did say. I retweeted... <laughs> Uh, so Michael Caine, who, ha- who had a weird one this week, right? on uh, Tuesday, he tweeted the word Chelsea. <laughs> there was a good football match on. And then an hour later, he tweeted the word love. <laughs> That's all he's tweeted this week. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Michael Caine. But His I assistant said... has quit. <laughs> he's in charge. But yeah, I added love to the clues because these films are both ultimately about love, even though they don't look like that from their surface. They are about love. They are about love. One of these. I'm gonna. I'm, no, I'm not gonna say. I was gonna go early, but I'm don't. not gonna. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. No, no, no. Uh, so you guesses were lounging about on our Twitter, where we're at ClashPod, also on Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod, and congratulations to no one. You get yeah. nothing. <laughs> ah. Three so weeks. Great. Three weeks we, in a row. We keep the prizes three weeks in a row. <laughs> My flat's full. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Uh, is it? I think we've been picking slightly more niche films recently. I, I know. I was going to say both these films are rated brackets generation and brackets X. Clever. But then I think everyone would have just got it. Yeah. So you'd rather no one got yes. it? Yes. Oh, God, yes. No oh, you need to write this down. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> uh, so no prize this week. Uh, let's do the connection section. <gasps> Straight to camera bits. Mm. Uh, Sarbs. Yeah, from your dad? Is that the, no, it's cars so, from your dad. It's so, no, Sarbs. Sarb, the car. The car, the, yeah. yeah. But also, the, there's another connection, which both the cars are from your dad. Oh, okay. They both get their cars from their dad. Yeah, dads. but she gets a BMW. It's Ben Stiller who drives a Saab. Yes. Fucking hell. Um, bands with funny names. We've got Citizen Dick. Mm. And <laughs> hey, that... <laughs> it's funny. Wow. It is funny. Wow. It is funny. And hey, that's my bike. They're funny, they're funny band names. Fine. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, HIV slash important sexual health tests. Yeah, I, Pregnancy don't, I don't know if they get it right some of the stuff in oh these films. i've got some things yes, to say there's some problems <laughs> um girls who end up with lead singers and they are the wrong choice yes no. we can, we'll get into it yes. but i think they might be the wrong choice on both or girls who end up with lead singers and it definitely doesn't last after the end of the film mm. <laughs> yeah mm. but they're 23 it's mm. fine i yeah. love love the fact that he's called cliff poncia <laughs> i know you love a name you love a name and he is quite poncy yeah yep. it's good it's great both these films are feature um acting rock stars yes mm. although you have to really stay to the end of Reality Bites to see that one Evan Dunn does at the end of yes, Reality Bites yes he Bites. is oh I didn't see that yeah, yeah. He's not very good. <laughs> well it's funny he's not supposed to be good is no, he no he's rubbish but he's, yeah, he's meant yeah. to be Evan Dunn so, so have I told you my Evan Dando story I you don't are... think you have Chris great brand new story no <laughs> klaxon uh, me and my friends went to see the Lemonheads perform at the Town and Country Club in Leeds I uh-huh. think it was 1993 oh that's cool say. that's cool mm, yeah and uh, Evan Dando uh, ate a kiwi fruit on stage and spat it out and it landed on my friend Matthew Wilson's face <laughs> and he said I'm never washing my face uh, again uh, why would you do that kiwi fruit is a vile yeah. as well That's that was an amazing album though <laughs> yeah. it's a shame about Ray oh, mm. I loved such it. a good album um, yeah they, they were supposed to be in Reality Bites but their record uh, producer said they were too cool for it right <laughs> Which we'll get into because it's about selling out that that film, whereas this one's a bit less singles today. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's about selling out. Uh, it also has massive Pringles sponsorship. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. 
Um, yes, Keith and the Prodigy spat um, on me from the stage. Really? Yeah. Actual spit, though. Yeah, I That's think gross. so. That's yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. No. No, <laughs> you washed your face immediately. I did. Yeah, in the toilet. It's still a toilet. cracking gig, though. <laughs> yeah. The Prodigy were always amazing. Yes. I remember watching the Prodigy at Glastonbury, 1997, I think, or 98. Oh, mm. one of the best things I've ever seen. Good. I mean, not as good as Abba Voyage, no, but you know, different perspective. Yeah. Uh, right then, that'll do us. Let's get into this. On Thursday, Vicky will be heading to Texas for some reality, which means today Chris is single in Washington State. Chris, take us on a journey. Singles is a very cool film about a town planner obsessed with trains, and there's nothing cooler than that. Uh, the film is made by Voice of a Generation Cameron Crowe, who wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High and directed Say Anything, two of the great movies about the teenage experience. Here he's tackling 20-somethings and seem to have lost that voice. So we get a meandering tale about forgettable characters set against the backdrop of a truly terrible musical movement. (laughs) That said, there are a couple of good songs on the soundtrack and no singles, no friends. So every cloud. Mm, Yeah. I thought he'd bring this up. The, the music. Thing, the no, music. The, I mean, the friends thing we need to get into. It's amazing, I, yeah. I, I'm so pleased you mentioned it as we were walking out of the show yeah, me last too. week. Because I good noticed to know it. going in. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. And it's we'll talk about insane. it at the end okay. because there's some quotes from Cameron Crowe about it uh, after we've talked about the movie. But when did you first see this movie, Alex? First watch. Vicky. Yeah, I, first read, watch. I literally yes. hadn't even heard of it. I've never heard of it. I don't understand how that happens. Right. I, mean, I didn't recognise the poster, nothing. I No idea. Okay, now. Sorry. I recognise the font of the titles. Oh, yeah. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was conflicted going in to watch this film at the time, though, because it was about these grunge jerks who seemed so humorless to me and whose lyrics I couldn't relate to, but my dumber friends did. You didn't like grunge then? I felt like they were ruining music. I like because the Smiths. Wait, put the Smiths on. Because British bands were suddenly trying to sound like them. And I yeah. think there was this two-year period where British music turned shit because everyone wanted to be these American bands who I couldn't relate to because they just took themselves so seriously. Nirvana, never mind, is a seminal album. Outside of that, I'm not into grunge. That's yeah. optic, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is it, never mind? Oh, God, I must seek that out. I will write that, I'm writing <laughs> it down now. <laughs> but you see, this is the thing, because the grunge movement, I felt like I was into grunge. I think I, you I, were, I had you? long hair, I had a hoodie, I had the grunge look. Yeah. But really, truly, if I boiled it down, the only grunge album I ever liked was Nevermind. Yeah, that's fine. And I, I experimented with like Bleach, the other Nirvana album, uh-huh. way too heavy. Yeah. I didn't mind Heart Shaped Box. Yeah. That was about it's it, it does, on yeah. in neutro. I think it's because, and I always say this, I think it was, they're like pop songs on Nevermind. That they're just given a really heavy guitar and really grainy vocals, but they're like, they're pop tunes. They're yeah. really good melodies. and Territorial Pissings, that was my favourite. Where do you stand on Soundgarden? Uh, I've listened yeah. to Black Hole Sun and that's it. Okay. That's it. This yeah. is what I mean. That's when I started having a problem is Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, which yeah. obviously we're getting to. I just thought it was, I thought it was fucking terrible then and I still do. Okay. I've come around to a bit of Pearl Jam and never mind, it's a fantastic album. Right. But. It's pop songs. But I was, yeah. I was. It's pop songs with heavy guitar. It was just shit though. And then Suede and Blur and no, 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 Radiohead and The Prodigy and Pulp all fucking sorted things out. Yeah, of course. And it all got back to normal. Suede, as Brett Anderson <laughs> says, uh, invented Britpop. Okay. That first album. Oh, my God. I know. I listen to that a lot still. Didn't like Dogman Star. I do. Came back around to the one with beautiful ones on and trash. Nah, yeah. like Dogman Star. Really? I, yeah. I like the, fir- of the first three. I like them all. Not equally, but I- I'd listen to them all at the same time. Now that first album is so young. Mm. Animal Nitrate, Animal Lover, Metal, Metal Mickey, Mickey yeah. The Drowners. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's a tune. So, but see, I told you this. This is good. This is this. This fits. This is on brand for these movies. Yes, chatting shit <laughs> about music that isn't in them. Um, but whatever it was, fourteen, thirteen-year-old me loved Fast Times at Midgemont High and say anything. So I had to go watch it. I did go see it. I liked it, but I never considered watching it ever again. And I was really interested to try and figure out why. Thirty years on this week, have you? Well, yeah, I watched it this week. Yeah, no, but I, have I think you figured so. out why you yeah. didn't watch it for. Well, I think 20, like my, my intro might have been a clue, <laughs> right? A meandering tale about forgettable characters, but um, we'll get into it. So, making of Rus- uh, Russell Crowe, Cameron Crowe um, is very helpful because he's a writer and he's written lots of things about this film since it came out, including and he kept a diary on set which he's released some excerpts from. So it's really interesting, some of the background to it. Maybe more interesting than the film. Uh, but he was working on different versions of this. I'm just going to say, just for parity, I really enjoyed Singles. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I like it. I like both these films. Yeah. Right. 
Um, fine. They're both fine. <laughs> Let's do a podcast about these fine movies. Let's spend the next three hours or whatever it is, because they're just fine. Interesting behind-the-scenes story. <laughs> All right. Uh, he was working on this since 1983. He wanted to write about the person, the, 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 the period in your life where you define yourself and set the course for who you're going to be. We've all been there. Um, he wanted to capture that feeling of what it's like to be in your 20s. Uh, when you leave home, you go to college, you're, you maybe live in one bedroom, you're living with other people, and that's your universe for three years. And you, they become your family for the first time. You, you leave your home family, you, you meet this new family. And he said setting around an apartment was fun. The building really helped create... Oh, the building really helped create an opportunity where you could tell many interrelated stories. The movie, I hope, plays almost like an album or 10 or 12 tracks that fit together. Sure. sure. I mean, I they've, mean got, they've got different names. It's what he's section. trying to do. And they've almost got like album covers. The, the, mm. the image in between is like single covers. So I don't know if that works. But um, he said the real turning point and getting the script written was seeing what life was like in Seattle. So it all starts with this singer, Andy Wood, who was the lead singer of Mother Love Bone. Now, the night before Wood was to meet his boyhood idol's kiss in the early 90s, he scored some deadly heroin on the street and they found him comatose in an apartment and he eventually died. Now, Cameron Crowe was around these people at that time, and he said the entire music community in Seattle met up that night. I felt a part of something. Somewhere around midnight, warming up over a barbecue pit, I felt rocked by the whole experience. I'd been working pretty steadily since I was 15, and looking back, most of my friends were made through work. They were acquaintances, and here were these disconnected single people, many from broken homes, meeting each other for the first time, forming their own family. In the coming years, many of the musicians in that room would see success far beyond their early dreams, uh, beyond even the arena of dreams of Andy Wood but that night it was about staying warm pulling together it was instinctual and so he pulled out the script and started rewriting it to be about the music scene in Seattle interesting it's not uh, I wish I was less cynical because that is a writer looking around him Mm. and enjoying what he's seeing and attaching some emotion to what he's seeing and feeling something and then going off to write a script I'd be like fucking dickheads I don't like this I want to go out I don't like these people it's about feeling that connection isn't yeah. it and I, I, I think I'm. that's what I mean I, I think I'm sometimes. too cynical it's a bit deep the act of writing so you feel that connection you're standing around the barbecue pit you feel this connection with people that were strangers before but this you know a traumatic event has united you but are you taking something off them because you're like I'm going to write this down mm. is, it an, is it an act of thievery that you're lifting from these people mm. to create something for yourself rather than being fully in the moment It reminds me of a story, I won't name the comic, but it's a comic who used to sit uh, around with other comics and they'd uh, they'd be riffing and doing jokes and trying to make each other laugh and he'd write down their jokes Mm. and they were like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I I think that's funny, I might use it. And they're like, but that was my line. And he's like, but I was kind of here... For the genesis of it, if I hadn't partaken mm. in that conversation, it you would have never come up with that line. So it's kind of mine. Right. OK. They got rid of him. He's not much fun in the pub. No. <laughs> no. Um, he said he'd also seen Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing recently. And he said he liked how it was rooted in his community, how he wanted to showcase Brooklyn. Mm. And so that's how singles began. It was a chance to show what it was like when you have a city that you love and a group of friends who become your family. Uh, there's a sense of family that disparate single people bring to each other, being in a city that they didn't want to leave. So um, he got the cast together on the first night of pre-production and they went to see a band called Mookie Blaylock. Have you ever heard of Mookie Blaylock? Never. I've heard of the Mooney Suzuki, which is an entirely different band. That's the band that Mother Love Bone used to be and by the time they'd finished shooting singles, they were called Pearl Jam. No way. What? No (laughs) way. No. Never heard of Pearl Jam song in my life. (laughs) I really don't know. I don't know a single Pearl Jam song. I thought you were a fan of Pearl Jam. I've got you confused. Once again, Nirvana, never mind. Yep. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's the ceiling for you. They're on MTV and radio quite a lot, though. Wait, it's quite weird. This. Jane's Addiction. Yes. I like Jane's Addiction. Love Jane's Addiction. Love being caught stealing. Yeah. That's a great tune. A yeah. Jane's Addiction grunge? I don't even I don't I don't even like the word. I don't like Britpop or grunge. They Wait, were a rock band from the eighties. You don't like Britpop. You do like Britpop. Of course that you word like is Britpop. ridiculous. I don't like that. I don't like these words. Britpop is when this country ruled the world culturally. It was cool Britannia. <laughs> really? It was it was the Blair government before it all went to shit. It was that brief moment it where was we a summer. we were proud to be British. Briefly. 
I'm um, alive, Jeremy. Jeremy spoke Jeremy. in class today. I, 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 I'm aware of the titles. Yeah. 24-7, that was on MTV for three years. Yeah. I'm still alive. He, he's talking shit. By he, the time. He's, still, he's still pissed from ABBA and he's talking shit. <laughs> by the time I... You don't seem I, drunk, by I, the way. I'm not drunk. Okay. Uh, interrupted a lot. <laughs> I was hungover. <laughs> by the time I got to MTV, it was when Green Day's Dookie had come out. So I started watching MTV when it was before they had uh, UK VJs. It was like Dutch VJs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's uh, Green Day. Yeah. And after this, we're going to listen to some Green Day. <laughs> it was Green Day on But we had Ray Cokes and his assistant, oh, Davina McCall. Oh, have you ever seen the footage where Ray Cokes loses it on the cherry picker? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, shit. No. It's, I think it's what, what brought about the end of his uh, tenure at MTV. He's basically on a cherry picker above a crowd at a metal gig in Germany and they all start like throwing beer cans and bottles at him and abusing him and I'm pretty sure I'm going to say maybe he makes some questionable remarks about the war and Germans live on TV on a cherry picker because he loses his shit with this crowd. (laughs) Amazing. Pro-war or anti-war? Fair point because I don't know. I've made a judgement myself. Just inappropriate. Well done. No! (laughs) Uh, So Cameron Crowe seemed to be at war with the studio throughout the shooting of this film and this is from his diary uh, midway through uh, the production Dear Diary I hate my boss uh, The studio calls Scott's not talking to me today What did I do oh, wrong? Oh, now that's coming up What? Oh my, literally that's coming up Great him, him and Campbell Scott were at war throughout the production No yeah, There's a lot going on um, So the studio call uh, calls and says isn't the title singles dated? They've offered new title suggestions in the midnight hour love in seattle leave me a message and a grim selection of others <laughs> it's all I like a grim selection of others was that a title that would be great what are you going to see tonight a grim selection of others it's all done politely of course but the pressure is unmistakable now with the success of nirvana they've come up with another title come as you are no. i feel powerless <laughs> that's funny uh they did ask nirvana to be involved with singles mm. and nirvana said no <laughs> i found an interview after after the film came out and it's actually dave grohl who says we've got no interest in making a rock and roll movie with heart fair enough and i know what he means yeah they weren't interested in the romance aspect of it sure um so test screenings happened uh cameron writes the numbers are average there's an immediate and powerful desire to point fingers typically i think i've run from the raw emotions in the movie i went for the jokes i remind of words i've heard from close friends my whole life i don't know when you're kidding when you're being serious tonight it's true of singles so he was having a bit of an existential crisis through the test so is he not a fan of this movie no, he's not finished the film yet. Right. He's testing it at the moment. Okay. Uh, another test screening. Two 15-year-old guys in Harley shirts get up and head for the lobby. Executives' heads turn. They're not seeing two 15-year-olds leave. They're seeing a nation of 15-year-olds leave. Ooh. I look down. I'm dying. I turn to Nancy. That's his wife from uh, the band Heart. She said, he says, I'm dying. She reminds me that it was worse than we previewed Fast Times at Ridgemont High. What did I say then? I'm dying. <laughs> so there was a pattern forming here. Uh, Poor Nancy. really are you dying Cameron are you dying are you Uh, but the film was done in February uh, but they couldn't figure out when to release it so the studio this is and then the music scene explodes so Pearl Jam Soundgarden Alice in Chains all explode in the next six months and uh, Cameron writes and then finally I think their kids were telling them these producers you have Pearl Jam in a movie and you're not putting the movie out what are you doing Mm. and so they rush release the soundtrack that was a massive success uh, much more successful than the movie and um, the film came out but then everyone every review said oh they're capitalizing and exploiting the Seattle music scene when it wasn't a thing mm. when they made the movie. They were fighting to get the film released. So I don't know. He seems to be at war with himself about this. But let's get into the film. That's a bit of background. I'm coming to the Campbell Scott war. I can't wait. <laughs> you know, I love Campbell Scott. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know when I started watching this, bearing in mind we talked about this on the Exorcist 3 episode and you and I disagreed oh, yeah. <laughs> about how much I love George C. Scott. Yes. I was watching this movie going, there's something about that family that I want George C. Scott to be my dad and I really related to Steve in this movie. I'm like, I need to meet the Scots. Well, the ones that are still with us. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Roger Dodger? No. That's the Campbell Scott movie you need to see. Is it, are they both in it? Uh, No. Oh. But he gives a big performance, a bit like his dad. 
<laughs> Love both of them. Uh, so we're in Seattle and it's a Cameron Crowe film and we're listening to Paul Westerberg waiting for somebody. Did you know this song? No. Okay. It's no. one of my favourite things from this film, the two Paul Westerberg songs. No, I didn't. I didn't know it, but I was listening to it going, Jesus Christ, Kaufman, Crane, they've got a lot to answer for because the main lyric in this is waiting for somebody to come and hold my hand. Not a million miles from, I'll be there for you. I'm like, uh, and the Rembrandts, they, that song was written by the creators of Friends. It wasn't their song. The Rembrandts didn't have that song and then go, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was created and given to this band to perform by the creators of Friends. Oh. Well, in about 96, my friend Chad McAuliffe lent me the singles album. And that sort of helped me get into a couple of these songs. And yeah, I, I've, I've never listened to that Rembrandt song out of choice. Have you? Where I've listened to this a million times, waiting I, for somebody. I used so I was I was so into Friends. It was very sad finding out about Matthew Perry because Chandler was like my icon. It was like the first person on TV who I just was like. I want to be him. I love everything about him. He's a geek. He's like the the cynical one, the funny one. And I spent years like copying his speech patterns Mm -hmm. and doing it at school until everyone hated me. And then I stopped. But in that period, I was so happy being him. Oh, that's a nice story. (laughs) It was brilliant. But I used to listen to the Rembrandts on repeat on a C90 that I'd recorded off the radio on the school bus every morning. Wow. Mm. Great. So, we start off with Linda. <laughs> safe space, by the way. It doesn't feel safe. I know, I'm so sorry about it. Yes. It's fine. We start off with Linda, who's played by Kira Sedgwick. Uh, she's speaking to camera. She works in environmental council. She's talking about living on her own for the first time. Vicky, how are we feeling about breaking the fourth wall? <laughs> it's, uh, well, I'd watched Reality Bites first, so I was, I'd got my eye in with it, so it's fine. I mean, I normally This came first? It, this came no, first? I watched this first, ah. Reality Bites Why first. do you do that? I, yeah. I always watch them chronologically. Because I'm doing Reality Bites, so I want to get that done, get it under my belt in case I have a busy week, and Understood. I don't want to cram it. Sure. That's sure. A, that is admin right there, but there we go. Yeah. Alex, you liking uh, talking to camera? Uh, I don't mind it at all. I mean, no, no one breaks the fourth wall as... Well, as Burt Reynolds and Smoking the Bandit. So that's what I always compare Breaking the Fourth Wall to. I couldn't work it out, though, because here she's clearly talking to camera. There's a bit later where the brilliant genius that is Campbell Scott <laughs> is doing it. And I wasn't sure if he was talking to someone in the room. Like it's his so eyeline, naturalistic, yeah. His eyeline's slightly off. But yeah. I, I, I loved him in this yeah, so movie. Matter, He's yeah. so good. It just feels quite random well. when they do it. Yeah, but it was a big thing back then, wasn't it? Like Everyone was super chuffed with documentary-style footage, and so it's just that. Okay. So anyway, she meets a Spanish guy uh, who helps her take a car to the shop. He does a drawing of her, exchange phone numbers, they go on a date. His visa's running out. Uh, He's returning in two months. She gives him a garage clicker. (laughs) She goes to a club. State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam's playing. The best (laughs) Pearl Jam song, potentially. I think it might be. We're going to say it is. Uh, And she sees Lewis at the bar. Lewis is a bastard. He is a bastard. I was already so confused by this movie. So, first of all, I thought he was going to be a big part of the film. I then thought he was trying to get her to marry him so he could get a visa. Yes. And then when he was at the bar, I thought she was hallucinating. (laughs) And it wasn't really him. That's strange. I've literally written down, she sees Lewis in a bar. I was happy to tick off one of the first of my... My most favourite cliches from romance, which is playing with seafood. That only happens oh. in films. It got crab in your face. It got crab. It was a lobster. Crab in your face. And later, I think it happens in both of these films. Falling off furniture during foreplay, which only happens in films. And if that ever happens to you in real life, it's actually quite bad and will interrupt things. But in films, we're always like, we've fallen off the bed. What are we like? Yeah. It's also only in films where someone goes, "What are you thinking?" Jesus. During sex and. <laughs> No one goes. What? Well, that's what? The- I've got so- like. What does it matter? You focus on your own business, lady. <laughs> like, are we not both a little have bit you, busy? Have you ever been asked that during sex? No, I would be outraged yeah. and appalled. I have. You have not. I have. What by what kind of manic well, pixie that, dream think, girl bullshit is this? I think maybe I just look really vacant. God, that's a point. Mm. Maybe you look murderous. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Imagine if that was your sex face, completely accidentally. You weren't intentionally doing it and you weren't a murderer. But Am I saying? Your sex face was one of pure hate. Hate? Oh, God, that's a lot there, isn't mm, it? A lot. I think in this film we get Cameron Crowe doing stuff. <laughs> I was going to say something. <laughs> Sorry, I, hurt, I thought we'd upset you. I hurt my back at uni, During falling sex. off the bed. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You'd hurt your back, and you probably had to stop. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it never happened again with that girl. No. It was the first time. 
You're fully naked as well. I just well, think it's wait, just so awful. You're, wait, your first time full stop or the first time with that girl? With that girl. Right, okay. Turned out she was gay though, so... I mean, I was barking up the wrong tree anyway. You were. <laughs> Maybe she pushed me. Get off me! Is that a penis? <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> I thought it was short for Christine. <laughs> Oh, poor you. So that proves my point, though. Doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve Cabell Scott, uh, he's talking to camera. He's broken up with someone. He's now regretting that. He wishes life was simple as that postcard, which I had on my wall, that no, postcard. No, I don't like that postcard. What is, I have never seen this postcard before this it's movie. It's meant to be so romantic because the kiss is very passionate right. and it's in full view of everyone. It's like the world has stopped for this couple to kiss. But if you look at it again... She is being sort of pulled down, and if she's into it, it's fine. But you, you know, if she wasn't aware of it, it's actually quite a forceful kiss. So that might be their thing, but it doesn't look like their thing. It looks like she's been like yoinked down by this man, and so it's got a different ring. So it's a big thing. This post, it's like it's like the the post that students have on the wall. Take me to your dealer. Yeah, the alien spoke. Yeah, and also because it's black and white, it's meant to speak to like a sensitive uh, but longing character. Right, right, like when students have Che Guevara on the wall. I hadn't clocked till this time, though. It's on the poster, basically. The poster is, like, recreating the picture. Oh. Never noticed that. And there's a Betty Blue coming up, which made me think of you when you said there's always one of the three blues. Which <laughs> yeah. Was it? Three no, it, was, blue. it was spaced. It was spaced oh, that yeah. said that, yeah. <laughs> Betty Blue, three colours blue. And the Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's good. And the Big Blue. I mean, there's yeah. four. There's four of them, really. And Blue Velvet. Shit, man. <laughs> What a mad time the 90s were. Um, so they flash back to him being a kid and thinking spam comes out of penises like that. Yeah. Sure. Now fo- he's now focusing on his work uh, as a town planner. I, li- I really like that, though. Because in rom- he's not a rom-com person where he's like, I do this thing, which is, you know, we always talk about they're always a carpenter, an architect, mm. whatever, or a paediatrician. But a town planner is a really serious job and he seems really into it. And there's not like, I actually secretly want to be a, a whatever. A, well, no, he does want to be a DJ. I was just about to say that. That's yeah. And, and, Never mind. And I feel like Campbell Scott can be quite a dull presence in films. And I think this character... <laughs> what? <laughs> this is... Why are you at war with me about <laughs> no, the no, Scott no. family? And I think that um, this character being a town planner is quite dull. And he feels much older than his years and these 20-somethings that he's around. And she's like a working environmental planner or whatever it is. I feel like like the age is a bit off. Like, he's making a film about young 20-somethings. But but I don't know anyone who was like this when they were 23. I thought it was meant to be that he seems older than his years. Like, he's a bit of a geek. He's a bit of a nerd. He's a bit into his job. I thought it was intentional. Well, then what's going on with her being environmentalist? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's quite I, a grown-up thing. She's I like, I'm f- going to Alaska. I never it? really understood that. I didn't figure out what she did. What does she do? I've no idea. Right. She's an environmentalist. No, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's quite a new thing back then, so it could mean anything. Sure. Um, Get that as your new job title. <laughs> uh, so the issues with Campbell Scott began when he showed up on set, having just made Dying Young mm. with Julia Roberts, one of the most famous flops uh, of all time. Yep. And he'd played someone who was dying of cancer in that film. And so he showed up with very, very short hair and very skit thin very skinny mm. and so the studio were immediately like this isn't going to work this is not our male lead in this film and so they were trying wigs on him and there was this tension and Warner Brothers were demanding for him to be replaced and Cameron Crowe stood up for him but it just sort of snowballed during the shoot here's uh, Cameron Crowe's diary my working relationship with Campbell is deteriorating daily the air is thick with the unspoken I know it's not easy for him Steve Dunn is the hardest part in the movie all around him are characters with odd and interesting quirks his is the curse of the normal guy and then later in the shoot Campbell cavalierly flips off the camera assistant oh um and then a bit later in the shoot uh, Cameron Crowe says he's yelling at me I cut loose myself I start yelling at him uh later he asks about this journal I'm writing I tell him that if it ever gets published it shouldn't be a fluff piece he says write about us fighting so this was a thing that went throughout the shoot these two were at war with each other Mm. doesn't feel like that kind of film does it not at all I mean he hides it where it adds weight to my belief that he's one of the greatest actors who's ever lived because I would not have picked up on any tension. He no. seems warm, naive, a little hurt, a little broken. <laughs> a little vulnerable. I, I, I <laughs> empathise with Steve a lot in this movie. He is my beacon in this movie. He guided me through this movie. 
I think he's quite an uninteresting presence. Anyway, let's get on because there's more characters. There's Janet, played by Bridget Fonda. Uh, she's talking to camera about being Psycho. 23 <laughs> and uh, running out of time to do something bizarre. Oh, God. I hate stuff off. like that. Piss off. Uh, her boyfriend is Cliff. Uh, Cliff Poncier, played by Matt Dillon, who's playing guitar next to Jimi Hendrix's grave. He's printing up Citizen Dick merch. Um, <laughs> I really regret that the first Matt Dillon movie I ever saw was Wild Things. Why? It's just tainted everything for me because yeah. he's so horrible in oh, that yeah. film. <laughs> and I can never see him as anything but that, that guy, like, gurning while he's having a threesome. <laughs> It's just a gurn. Oh god, it, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah the, he's look. He's like, I can't believe. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. It's so great. Mm. Uh, she's shocked to hear that he sees other people. Uh, she's he's annoyed that she's spazzing off on him. Mm. Um, and so yeah, and his band. We meet his band. That's that's Jeff Amnet from Pearl Jam asking him to move the truck. Eddie Vedder's on drums. <laughs> um, we meet Bailey, by played by Jim Tree Frost. He wants to fill his 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 watch with numbers. Yes, nineties tech. <laughs> 20 numbers fit on a watch. Amazing. It is good. I forgot about that. I do love that. I remember how exciting was getting a calculator on my watch. Yeah. For all that on the go math. Those, those Casios, the big ones with all the buttons. Uh, they pick up a mime played by Eric Stoltz while driving to a party. Weird moment, but fine. Fine. It's character stuff. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Steve chats up Linda. Um, she, she, Steve doesn't like gigs. I don't like gigs. Do you know? Why do you go to You don't. Well, I went to ABBA because you get a seat. Of course. Yeah, I'll sit, sit down. We're, sit down. we're of an age now. I just don't like standing up. No, no, no. Um, she does. She thinks him not having an act is his act. Yes. I like that. Mm, True. True. I probably used it. Um, we get Cameron Crowe cameo. He's interviewing yeah. Steve, um, who claims that Sits and Dick are huge in Europe. Belgium specifically. Which landed with me. Yeah, Ghent. Yeah, I think I'm, by... I'm planning a trip. We're talking too much. Do you want to go back to Belgium? Yeah. Where should we go? Ghent? I was like, we will have been four times. I think that's, <laughs> I think it might be five. That starts to look weird. Maybe we should stop paying tax. Just meet whoever is in charge of Ghent, <laughs> the mayor of Ghent, and mention this show. I wouldn't dare to impose. Tell him how big we are. See if they'll... Or her, Belgium. They're cooler than we are. Absolutely. Chuck us a bit of dosh. Yeah. And, uh, and we I will keep going on about yeah, it. I mean, really, we should be paid. The amount of Ghent we talk about. Have a sip. Is it, are the chips really good? Oh, of course they are. Yeah, of course, of they, course are. they are. Um, but it's sort of to give you a sense of how quick this all changed, uh, Cameron Crowe says of this Seattle scene, Matt Dillon's character thinks it's a world event. When he says about his band, we're big in Europe, it was an ironic joke at the time. But then in more deep iron, it became a worldwide event. Mm. Six months. Um, so he's explaining the song Touch Me I'm Dick which speaks for itself <laughs> it's straight out of Spinal Tap this it's almost yeah. too broad it is um, but then they're outside the gig shagging at the newsstand I like that that's a good bit of Cameron Crowe writing we've all done it and um, he bumps into Linda and it's on yeah it's a bit stalkery I think I think this you, you love Say Anything and I have my issue with Say Anything and it's gentle and it's mostly harmless. But later on, this bit that I really hate, when they when they go for... He's like, oh, do you want to get coffee? Do you want to get lunch? Do you want to get a glass of water? That's all fine. That's super cute, whatever. And they go to the cafe. And then on the way back, he does that internal vo- uh, monologue thing about because she lifts the car door lock. Mm. Does that mean something? And I think these movies gaslight everybody into thinking that when people do that, that does mean something. And so then, no, it doesn't. She's just let you into your own car. I think that's fine. doesn't mean she wants to have sex with you. But if you get into movies... He's like this. He's like, oh, if I go and stand on someone's lawn with a ghetto blaster, that's romantic. Oh, that, that bit's stupid. Okay. Yeah. It is stupid. It's yeah. just films like this are cute for that. But if you watch them at an impressionable age, I think they push us into thinking things that aren't true and then push us into second guessing well, what we absolutely. do. Absolutely. St. Elmo's fine. No. Yes, St. Elmo's Fire, where Andrew McCarthy sleeps in a coffin. That's why I built my Monster Lab in my bedroom and put Monster Lab on the door and replaced <clears> the bulbs with red and green ones because yeah. I wanted to be the weird guy. And yeah. I thought that would but work. But no one was looking at you do that, so it's quite harmless. No, the theory was that girls... Girls would come round? Girls would eventually go, he's so weird, I really like him because he's so weird. Could they have fit in your coffin bed? I didn't actually have a coffin oh, bed. Sorry, I'm I so just sorry. had a chemistry set that I set up on a bench in the <laughs> middle of the room. I mean, the part of the message, though, is, isn't it, is the people you should be with are the people that are kind. Yeah. And are thinking of you. Yeah. Because that comes up later in the film as well with Cliff. That yeah. sort of Cliff changes. A bit. I mean, not enough. I know. I agree. But that is the message there, isn't it? That someone who is thinking of you 
is probably the person you should be with rather than thinking of themselves. Uh, sure. But Steve already wants to be with her at this point, so that doesn't make any it's difference. It's more difficult these days. We all think of ourselves. That's social media for you. <laughs> That's what I mean for you. Okay. We all think of ourselves. We're all so self-involved. It's very difficult to find someone who genuinely cares about you. That's not true. I think it is. Okay, okay now, right, let's take a break. <laughs> If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You all right? Are you all right? <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm literally, I'm just. You're laying it all out. This movie, I've got notes here. I was like, this movie got yeah, under I'm, my skin. I was not thinking like this until I watched this movie. I think, I th- your social media point, I understand it, but I think it makes people harder to approach because we've just got a thing in front of us. Mm. But we want to connect and we want to care about each other. I don't think looking at your phone makes you a bastard. <laughs> Basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. You're on social media. You don't think you're incapable of caring about someone. So I mean, look, these, the traffic is two-way. Again, I always feel like Chris's selections for movies are sending a message to me. I started thinking, yeah. have either of you ever been on a dating app? I have not. Chris? Yes. And? Yeah, fine. Are they... Yeah, we talked about it. Oh, is that what you're thinking? I've given you my... I'm just... I'm interested. I just don't... I don't know how to break the cycle. Yeah, fair enough. I don't... I, this is... I've never used them. I talk to people that have, and it can be quite brutal, mm. because obviously it is what it is. It's very quick. You've got my logo. Can I ask a really Thanks. rude question, though? You sure. know there's one for VIPs. Were you thinking of that one? I Were you thinking that, of normal one? <laughs> are you, for, like, normies? Or are you going to try and get into that one that you won't be able to get into? Yeah. <laughs> uh, C- more... Get back to us next year. Uh, all right, fine. I'm See not, how the pod goes. I'm not, I'm not even doing it. If, it, if, it's, not, if it's not having a go at me about Highgate, it's having a go at me about a VIP dating app. I'm asking a question. You're, you're not. It's loaded. It is that's, so loaded. That's how Lily Allen met... Um, yes! What's his chops? David, David Harbour. Harbour. Yeah. yeah they met and, I, and I think they've broken up now, so... They haven't. They're both on the market. Oh, I thought they were really happy. Ooh, I'd be happy with either. I'd be happy... Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. That's great. Steve goes for water with Linda. Yes. Uh, who's on the next stage, having a, uh, the next table, having a snog? I don't... Oh! Oh, uh, uh, Paul G. Matty! Yes. yes! That was a real quiz. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, it's lovely enough. to see him. It so is. young. There he is. Yeah. So young. Uh, so uh, they sit in a courtyard, points at everyone in the building, talks like they are family. Uh, as I said, we'll get to what this TV show is like, but this is when we're starting to get that rent, that friend's feeling. Sure. Uh, R.E.M. Yeah, proper band. Um, <laughs> so he's explaining his super train theory. Great coffee and music means that people will park and ride. This is, so, this is insane. It's insane. insane. So it implies, that, it implies that everyone likes the same music. And bearing in mind, they're all about Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. <laughs> I'm fucking throwing myself off that train. Yeah, I know. And it's, guess what? In a car. In a car, you get to pick your own music. And you can bring coffee. Always have. And Americans, as is repeatedly told to Steve, love their cars. Yes. And as evidence now, in 20... Still love still their love cars. Yeah, no. This train but thing that, was never going to fly. Yeah, I think that's quite a good joke. That every, even from this moment, he's being told it's, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And it sort of pays off nicely when Tom Skerritt shows up. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a flashback to the safe sex party. I think that's so funny. I yeah. was ready to hate this because I was ready to be like, you think this is so clever. That's sort of very self-aware dialogue when before about your act is not having an act. It's like you have to really be like forgiving of that because it can be grating. The contraceptive part is so funny. But then the person, what's the person that Linda then goes to Andy. with? When Andy comes up and he's like, this is emotional larceny, you'd be like, hello, please, please. Like, I need to leave. Like, I can't believe the next scene is, so I lived with him. Mm. Because that, that man's trying to kill you. Mm. Like, you would run away from him at a party as fast yeah. as Well, the you implication was he was bad news, that yeah. she just got it wrong. Okay. She's moaning about him earlier in the film, what, what an awful ex she had at uni. Doesn't but she go is, back so, to him, though? Yeah, she does. He, they she have does. quite an asexual thing, and he does that very well. Like, he doesn't look like someone you'd be he makes me think of the um, Dougie Hauser character in um, Gone Girl. Uh, and also Tim Robbins oh, yeah. in High Fidelity. He's that yes, guy. Yes, mm. but no, not that guy's a psycho. And also <laughs> no, pa- powerfully attractive. No. I-, I thought it was cool that they had the casual sex party, but then later on someone says casual sex doesn't exist anymore because no, it's, it's lethal. But it's and a very it's like, that's a bad message. Yeah, it's a, but it's a very particular... I've, was, I was thinking about it. It's nine, Was it 94? 93? 92. 92. Yeah. And then Reality Bites HIV is like a really big presence in that film, mm. but it was a really different time for medication and treatment, and it did feel much more like you're dead. Mm. Uh, there we are. So uh, she, he tries to give her his clicker. She scarpers, and then he drives over, saying, "I was nowhere near your neighbourhood." Gross! Please yeah. I look. I wrote it. Red flag. <laughs> red flag. Red flag. I have left your building. Go away. Uh, they shag. Um, he needs to slow down. She says, as Alex said, "What are you thinking?" I just that line blows my mind. What is the good outcome there? But he tells her, "Like what? Why ask? It makes no sense to me." It's a weird. It's a weird question, but it's a real world question. What? Because you've been asked. Oh, I think more than me has been asked. Really? I've I never think been a, asked. I think a lot of people they want to know are relating to this. Do moment. they think it's sexy? Mm. I don't know. I don't know why. I think it's, are they looking it's, for a compliment? I think it's supposed to accentuate the intimacy. It's like we can we can just talk about while us and our emotions no, while you're busy while you're inside me or inside. <laughs> You whatever it is. Whichever it was that However night, I can't works. remember. However it works, yeah. No, I've never been asked that and I would be um, appalled. But it means... We get- I mean, I, that doesn't... Mark's not ever... <laughs> I just- Why are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> just the finger on the lips. Shush now. I feel like all anyone ever says during sex is, are you done yet? No, Jesus no, no. Christ. I don't ask that. Or are you that. done but yet? Do you say that? I, I, I'll either say it or expect it to be said to me. <laughs> wow. I'm easy either way. <laughs> but really like that, you've done yet. Oh, ser- seriously. <laughs> seriously. Got, I really got an early start. Yeah, news night's on. I was going <laughs> to... I've got to listen to Clash of the Titles. Do you know what? And, and this, is, this is why I'm both single and celibate. This is just... It's, it's it just, is a minefield it's out there. awful mess in every way. Uh, basketball star Xavier McDaniel cameo saying, yes. don't come yet. I feel like there's Cameron Crowe stuff here that's done better in other films. Like celebrity, someone imagining mm. a celebrity talking to them is in Jerry Maguire, isn't it? Yep. The, the guy. Oh, yeah. And then the giving of the clicker is like the giving of the pen in, in Say Anything, but not as good. Uh-huh. It's like, I feel like he's sort of... Got his thing. Yeah, he's got his thing, and this is the worst version of it. Um, so Janet is stressing about her breasts, because sometimes they're too small for Cliff. So she looks into implants. Uh, let, just let me finish. Bill Pullman is a doctor. She wants juggernauts. He keeps reducing the size. Vicky, do you like this subplot? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, the best thing I can say is it's very of its time. It's bad. It's really bad. And Do you also, think this was good? I can't remember what I thought of this, but... I don't know. I mean, it's weird that no one is like... I don't know, that there is a doctor that does that and they will have a chat with you, but then you think, oh, it's America, it's maybe different. But then when Steve goes with her, it's like, it's so weird that your friend is like, oh, I didn't want you to be by yourself. It's like, how about not going and <laughs> saying to her, I don't think we should be doing this. And the last thing I will say on this is Bill Pullman is very unattractive in this, which means he's the most gifted actor of his generation because he is really attractive and he's vile here. Really? Yes. And it's the hair, like it she says. He just looks like Bill Pullman. Yeah, but Bill Pullman's got his... It's when he squints his eyes in while you were sleeping and he, he looks a little bit like he can't see. He's not, <laughs> he's very he's not squinting enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think about while you were sleeping. The whole time he's like, is this going to hurt? And no. he's really your, fit. your worst nightmare is someone with really wide eyes going, what are you thinking? Hell yeah. During sex. <laughs> Yeah. And Alex, do you order breasts like it's a video game? I loved it. It looked really fun. <laughs> it's weird that she knows how to use it because she's sort of going tip, tap, 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 tap. Quite like the fact that uh, when he, she returns, he goes, look, I'm not going to do it. I just don't think you need it. Yeah. And then hits on her. Yeah. Very, very unprofessional. Very uncomfortable. Very unprofessional. Yeah. It's a very strange subplot. Yeah, he should, he should be struck off. I mean, the only good thing is I guess she doesn't go through with it, but it's just, I don't know why it's there. Um, we got the video dating experience with Debbie, who oh, I've not mentioned, played so by amazing. Sheila Kelly. Oh. It's so good. This is, love Debbie. So, yeah. <laughs> love this subplot. <laughs> nearly, nearly wasn't Sheila Kelly. Cameron Crowe writes, I'd like to give a shout out right now to somebody who was the runner up for that part. Paula Abdul. Give over. It was a photo finish between Paula Abdul and the great Sheila Kelly. She was excellent. Somewhere lurking in our archives is a smoking hot Paula Abdul in that part. She's smoking hot anyway. She wasn't allowed to do it because um, MC Scat Cat said no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it pleases yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do a high five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I don't, I don't even think that's the first time we've mentioned MC Scat Cat on this podcast. <laughs> It's definitely not. You two are just it. on that. He, no, he's a, he's, he's a terrific rapper. He can dance and rap. <laughs> Best cartoon he's tri- ever. And, he, and he's hot. He's a triple threat. He's so cool. Um, so uh, Tim Burton is in the background <laughs> yeah. playing the next Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Um, Cameron Crowe writes, there was never a more clear reminder of where I was on the food chain as when Burton flew up for a day because my whole crew kicked it up eight notches. When he walked on set, they were like, dude, this is our chance to work on Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I just forgotten that video dating existed. I didn't. I, know I was it. barely aware of it. I yeah. mean, it was just a thing. So you would make a video that would be sent to men, and then the men would make videos that be sent to you. And it, I mean, it's no really. It's not that much different to what we do now, no. but it's so much more complicated. It's quite exciting. Yeah, especially if Tim Burton's directing it. <laughs> I, I kind of wish they directed it in a Tim Burton style. That's funny. Because yeah. we've got her, sort of, they've got the psycho sh- shower scene and then we've got her flying and it's it's very silly. And I guess it's they're being ironic in that he's the next Martin Scorsese and then it's just shit what he's filmed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she says at the end, come to Debbie country. Come to Debbie country. God love her. Uh, played by Sheila Kelly. Uh, successful actress who now owns a pole dancing exercise empire. Right. Okay. Rock and roll. I very, guess. very good for you. Oh, shut the fuck up. Mm. You do it then. <laughs> <laughs> Watching it's very good for you. Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> so we've got the Steve and Linda falling in love montage. Uh, then she reveals that she is late. Yes. Uh, it, it, so I thought this was a trick. I thought she... This is how cynical I am. You, yeah, go yeah, I, genu- bad. I genuinely thought she was testing him to see what he'd do if she was, if she was pregnant. Wow. But she she doesn't really. seem like a conniving person. Conniving She's bitch. just quite a nice person <laughs> in this yeah. film. This, Manipulously I, I did, awful cow. I did write down my reading of this film is really worrying. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I I've, I've not had to do this. Do they keep roses next to pregnancy tests no. in supermarkets? No, they don't. No. No, they don't. That's weird. <laughs> they um, do you think? Yeah. Why? Because... Congratulations, I love you. But that just presupposes that the partner's going to be buying the pregnancy test. We just do it ourselves, uh, you know. Sure. Empowerment, uh, man. Mm. In The Chemist, uh, Doug is working the till, played oh. by Jeremy Piven. <laughs> Jesus. I cannot get over what you told me about Jeremy Piven on the episode. You weren't here. The what? episode about... Um, <laughs> he's like, my mum uh, and me decided <laughs> that... Uh, we because be- of Shakespeare. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, for more on that, uh, listen to the Smoking, Smoking Aces. Aces episode. Yep. Or rather, don't. Sure. <laughs> uh, 
I, quite, I think Jeremy Piven's funny here. He's good. He is funny, yeah. Yeah, it's a little scene stilly moment. He sort of perks up the film a little bit. But um, she is pregnant. Steve proposes. She agrees. And then a truck crashes into them. It's bananas. What the fuck? This is bad writing, isn't it? I didn't see it coming. I never see those side swipe. There was an article recently about um, modern movie cliches that people are tired of. And the side swipe car crash. And they mentioned that. I can only remember Whiplash. because it's. And it, but it always gets me because it's obviously well directed enough but that I don't see it coming. I'm talking more about the timing here. Of yeah. She's pregnant he proposes they go out and then it just feels like a very basic contrived way of trying to inject emotion into this yes that's weirdly cruel yeah it's just i don't know the story's meandering so let's punch you in the face with this sort of i suppose it's meant to say i took it a good on good faith it's like okay they've they've only just met but they've been through this big thing i think the first issue is when he says oh we should get married this is when she is still pregnant and then he's like you know because i really care about you and it's like gonna need more than that i think (laughs) like for the rest of our actual lives yeah we can just co-parent you don't have to marry me but this is about immature 20 somethings isn't it doing and saying and then something things. very grown up happens to them. Yeah. This is the miscarriage. Snaps them out of the, the fantasy world that they're in, this yeah. bubble where everything's all. I think it's a bit harsh, not harsh, she callously dealt with afterwards. Like she's very sad and she goes on the boat. And then when she gets back, mm. she's like, I'm over that now. But that sort of thing would, would kind of wreck you a bit forever, a yeah. little bit. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. She comes back from the boat trip and they're going to be friends. So, Alex, at the start, I was saying about Cameron Crowe having worrying that he was going for the joke rather than the emotion. Mm. And he said that um, I showed the movie to a trusted friend and his reaction is eye opening. I'm with the movie, he says, and then something gets lost. You don't ever fully explain why Steve and Linda break up. Uh, back in Seattle, we're shooting new material. Campbell's biggest scenes takes place in a payphone as he leaves a lengthy impassioned message for Linda Powell. Uh, So that is what he added in. Mm. So the film wasn't working without this phone call. He said it was very awkward that that was Campbell doing a reshoot and then they didn't really even hug to say goodbye. (laughs) Oh, wow. I Um, think the dialogue in the phone call is very good. Yes. So I, again, this is my reading of this film. Too cynical. No, because earlier when her and Campbell, uh, her and Steve, Linda and Steve are having sex and then I think Andy's leaving a message on the answering machine and she turns up the volume. Yeah. So when he's leaving the message on the answer phone, I thought you were going to hear the TV get louder and louder in the background like she'd already moved on and was with someone else oh. and she was turning the TV up to drown out Steve's That'd message. That would be better than the, the chewed up tape. I hate that it's, so it's much. It's such a contrivance. But uh, you're, you're right, the writing's quite good <clears throat> in, the, in the message that he leaves and the big moment is you belong with me, we belong together. Yeah. You Complete Me is happening really soon after in Jerry Maguire. <laughs> it's like we're, we're doing the hits but not as well. I feel, I hear that. My favourite bit was I want to be new to you. I was mm. like, that's... That just blew my mind. I just yeah. think that's such an amazing way of expressing that feeling. Like, don't we all want that occasionally? I think, really good at that I think kind that's of thing. so good. Um, so he loses her, loses his job over the super train. Uh, Debbie, uh, in lost- fairness, he didn't prep properly. If someone says, we've been through this before and it didn't work, you go, yes, here we go. And here are the reasons why it will work this time, Mr. Mayor. You don't go, oh, no. So it's on him, I think. Yeah. It's a shit idea. Do, yeah, do your job properly, though. Uh, Debbie lost a bike guy from the video to a flatmate, but she sits next to a kid on a plane and then she <laughs> ends up with his dad. That's her story wrapped up. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Linda is back with her ex, Andy. Um, Steve's in bad shape. Janet stops by to make him feel better. They kiss. Agree they're better as neighbours. I don't know. Yes. Uh, Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe they should be together. I thought Steve was a bit of a dick here, but I suppose it's fine. I suppose it's very relatable that you're a bit it pissed is. off. I think he's clearly drunk. Right, okay. I didn't see that. But he, I, I think he's a bit drunk. He's a bit fragile. It's all it's all coalesced into this moment. And, you know, I think, I think I think these happens. things happen, yeah. yeah. These okay, things happen. Because yeah. there's obviously a spark and has been a spark between them anyway. And yeah, it's wrong. Well, it's, a, it's a mistake. But it's a mistake they're both making, I think. Sure. I wanted to see what would happen, and electricity didn't happen. No, um, because uh, Linda's back with Cliff. Uh, Steve's back with... No, Linda's not with Cliff. Steve's with Linda. I get these names confused. They're not very memorable names. They're all very boring names. They really are, aren't they? Sorry. (laughs) Cliff Poncia is boring. Sorry to all the Janets, Lindas and Steves listening to this podcast. Um, But yeah, they end up shagging on top of the garage clicker. Um, Uncomfortable. 
and we're getting near the end. Um, Steve's moving out to find a place with Linda. Cliff gets on the lift with Janet. She sneezes. He says, bless you. He's changed, Vicky. I yeah. know, massively. He's kind. <laughs> back on. We are back He's on. He's kind now. Um, we get more Paul Westerberg. Oh, that's right. We get more Paul Westerberg, dyslexic heart. Such a good song as they're having their kiss in the lift. And then the camera flies away as we hear relationship conversations happening all over town. That was the last thing added to the film because he felt like it gave the movie an ending, that this searching for connections is universal and happening all the time everywhere. Bang. We're done. Lovely. So, Cameron Crowe said, um, <laughs> I had a secret dream that in Seattle, people might one day put up little plaques saying, oh, this restaurant or that club is where Singles was filmed. Uh, right after us, Nora Ephron came in with Sleepers in Seattle and with 18 months, there were plaques all over town how? saying that Sleepers in Seattle <laughs> was filmed. Screw you! Here. That's how we do it! <laughs> um, um, but the Singles Apartment House became its own little tour stop for anyone who was in town. Right. Uh, he, he stopped by there when he was shooting a documentary about Pearl Jam and uh, met the landlord who said, you've ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, this is what Cameron Crowe said about the Friends Connection. So he said, I get a call from Warner Brothers Television Department and they say we want to make a TV show out of singles we really like this idea of young kids who live together and work in a coffee shop I said no I don't want to make a TV show well we may do it anyway no you can't do it anyway months and months go by and this item comes out in the Hollywood Reporter that says singles is set to become a TV show from David Crane and Martha Kaufman the people who ended up doing Friends I called my lawyer and said you have to stop this they're doing a TV show of singles and I said no so the pilot of Friends comes out and it's all these people around a courtyard with a fountain and they're working in a coffee shop. Apparently, they changed the pilot so that it had fewer similarities. But to this day, my mum says, you really screwed up on Friends. All you had to do was say yes. You would be living in a castle right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mum. I love it. <laughs> but it is there, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. And, and uh, my missus walked in about an hour and a quarter in. She got home from work and she watched two minutes of it. And then in the kitchen afterwards, she said, that was like Friends. Yes. Like, Fuck, is it that obvious? It's I like so. two minutes of it. Definitely. I couldn't get over the font. The font, yeah. really. The, 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 the font they use in the titles. They're not even trying. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Let's do the bits. Lovely. Uh, Vicky, favourite scene? All of Debbie's video and the resulting responses from the men that see Debbie's video. That's it. <laughs> uh, count, countdown moment, uh, Debbie's video. <laughs> okay. Uh, I also have Debbie's video. Um, I like Steve stalking Linda. Uh, <laughs> you you don't what you would and it's dangerous. No, I like the I like that moment in the club that they have together. I just think it's a nice five minutes of romance that I feel like is missing from some of this film. But he just walks up to I was a bit he's like, You've got three options, is it an actor? Is it not an actor? Shall I just go away? And I really thought she was gonna go go away. <laughs> because I've been stood with my friend. She does it in so many words though, doesn't she? Yeah. You've been but stood with had, your friend. She stood with her friend and he's looked and she's looked. Oh, and I then, thought you were going to make it, you've, you've experienced that where someone sidled up to you in a club. Everybody has. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where you just, you've had a look and then you're like, oh no. And then before you know it, they're like, hey. It's like, <laughs> okay. But he's handsome and she hilariously knocks him back. Yeah. But then does she have to go through this boring bullshit when she's out with her friend? I don't know. I don't know. It was of its time, maybe... Anyway, sorry, carry on. Guys, girls go up to guys, guys go up to girls. Not yeah, really, true. not really anymore. No, because of social media. Mm. <laughs> no, but seriously, apparently people people aren't going up to You'd be to very surprised, but is that just because we're old and gross? I don't know. I think it's because people are really like worried about Space. overstepping yeah. a, mark, um, a line these days. Which so. is quite nice and refreshing. Like, it is annoying when someone oversteps, isn't it? Well, you're married. I'm single. It's really difficult out there. True. It's tough out there. Uh, most valuable ever, Alex. Uh, I like, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, Cam- Campbell Scott as Steve. He's amazing. He's a genius. I, I didn't even realise it was Dodgson from Jurassic World. Uh, like, he's great. What? You, what? you don't recognise Campbell Scott in films? No. I, I thought you really liked him. Right. Vicky, who's your most right. valuable whatever? Come to me next. Campbell Scott. Um, I didn't really? know him and I don't recognise him from anything else. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't know him. Yeah, I was yeah. really, really taken with him. Because uh, this man pops up. He's like, I know the name. He looks familiar. I don't really know him. So I was like, okay, I'm meeting you as a character then for the first time. I've got, I love Bridget Fonda. I've got a weird, you know, like I've got a weird thing for Sandra Bullock. I've got a weird thing for Bridget Fonda also. So I was like, it's going to be her no matter what she does. But he just charmed the mm. pants off me. I know. Sorry. Lovely. No, it's good. Um, I am not picking Camel Scott. I am picking, having said I hate this music, the soundtrack <laughs> that Chad left, lent me. Specifically the two Paul Westerberg songs and State of Love and Trust by Pearl Jam. I've still got the CD. Sorry, Chad. It's been about 25 years. 
Um, if you want it back, I can give it to you. I know you don't listen to this podcast. Uh, what would you change, Vicky? <laughs> uh, everyone is straight, which is boring. I hate the eat and tape. I hate that. So, but the big thing is, I think that Cliff needs to do something more than say "bless you" to win Janet back. I think something very rom-commy. Steve and Linda get there effectively the the race to the airport because he runs around to her house, and it makes sense. It is low key. But when she's with Steve in the boob place, she's like, "When I moved here, I wanted this, 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 and this." And someone that said, "Bless you," and then so it's like it's the lowest of her expectations, and it's a sweet moment. But maybe Cliff needs to do something a bit more. We know he's Cliff's changed. a dick. Yeah, <laughs> we know he's changed because he gives her longing looks. He wanted to get with Cliff. I mean, I don't I'm know surprised. if it lasts forever, but maybe doing something more than saying "bless you" in a lift and nice hat would be more satisfying. That's it, Alex. Um, I don't want Steve and Linda to get back together at the end. I think it would be much more interesting if a fax came through and he got a job and the doorbell wasn't Linda. It was just a friend popping round and it wasn't this like schmaltzy reunion. I think he would have been happy going on with his life like yeah. as a single man. And I quite like that. Mm-hmm. It's what? probably coming from a very personal <laughs> space, but that's what I want. I don't want them to get back. I don't want them to get back together at the end. I want Steve to just be all right on his own, on it, on his own. And he's fine. <laughs> He's absolutely fine. The brilliant uh, Campbell Scott is brilliant on his own. Fine! Can you push the, take the beer away from him? <laughs> I'm fine. I know you are. Did you ask? I will always ask you. Great. Um, I think Cliff's band, Citizen Dick, I think Cliff should tell his drummer, I think his drummer should be doing backing vocals and he should tell him to ease up on the backing vocals. <laughs> And I think he should be trying to sing and Cliff tells him to stop. Yeah. And they You'll kick, never amount to a hill of beans, they kick, son. <laughs> they kick Cliff out of the band and then the film should end with them all at a gig with the band going on, with the drummer singing. And obviously it's Eddie Vedder <laughs> and Cliff realising that he himself is the Pete Best of the Seattle music scene. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And we're done. Great. Quiz? No. Great. Announcement. Oh. Oh. What? Okay. Fanuary. Yay! <laughs> let's get this let's get this God. show on the road. Yes. Uh, show at clashpod.com. Oh yeah, it has to be an email. <laughs> Do not put it on Twitter. Uh, no, especially cuz you're going to be handling some of these. What? Um tell us what pairings you want. Try to pick films we haven't done before. And also just in case you are new to uh, Clash of the Titles and you've just heard the word fanuary for the first time and uh, like what Upset. the what the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, get ready for February fanny. We're, we're uh, not picking up new listeners. <laughs> nice. We actually know we're not. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fine, fine, so I'm just going to assume everyone knows what Fanuary yeah, is. They have known. You are the, the same seven. The same seven people who've yeah. been here. Hi, Gary. What do you think of Fanuary? <laughs> hello, hello, Russell. Hello, Gary. Hello, Gary. Hello. Sam and Ash. Oh, just one of you. Hello, what Paul. do you think? <laughs> Paul, Gary, Russell. Oh, wait. There's a David. That's everyone. We've done everyone. Hello, all of you. Any any other thoughts for Fanuary? Any advice, Vicky? To the listeners. Send, send lots of rom-coms for Vicky to do. For you to ignore, sure. I don't. We're doing two rom-coms oh, this week. Marion. Yeah. Oh, Marion. Yeah. We love Marion. Yeah, Marion, send in a rom-com. Mm. That's it. That's my advice. Sarah. Any, yeah. Any, have, yeah. have you got any suggestions? For what? For advice for people sending in Ooh. pairings. Uh, yes, make sure they have a lot in common with each other because yeah. they, they... It helps. They, <laughs> that's how the shows work. Yeah. Until or, and or Campbell Scott. Oh, my God. Or George C. Scott. Anything with George C. Scott in, I'm into. Job done. Lovely stuff. All right, then. That means it's the end of this episode, which means on Thursday we're going to be talking reality bites. Uh, Do we have a clue for next week's pairing? Yes. It's you, V. Hang on. Hang on. I've got it. And the band played on. And then they played on again. That'll do. It's fine. It's not bad. Uh, That is your clue for next week's pairing. But like I said, we're going to be back on Thursday talking Reality Bites and seeing which film, singles or Reality Bites will be victorious. Until then, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok where we are at ClashPod. Till Thursday, have a lovely week. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.